0: coming and hanging out with us um i actually want to pray uh one more time if that's all right and if it's not all right, I'm still going to do it, but but I want to pray, and, uh, and we'll jump right on in, okay? Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for every person that's in the house today. Father, however they got here, God, if they were kidnapped or if they came on their own free will, God, they're here, and you have a purpose for their lives. And so, Lord, we just ask, God, today that if there be any wall that's standing between you and them, God, that you would simply walk through it. God, we ask that you would walk through unbelief, that you would walk through doubt. God, that you would walk through compromise, that you would walk through. God, even our unbelief that just says, Lord, I don't want to really know you. So God, would you just reveal yourself as who you are today, that you're a real, that you're a living God, that you love us and you want to be close to us. And so Father, we thank you today for just to open our eyes and open up our hearts so we have revelation of who you are today. Lord, we bless you and we honor you. Thank you for the anointing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Listen, as as many of you guys know, uh, if you've been here for a while, uh, the next 21 days actually marks my favorite time. Uh, of the year here at the anchor church not because it's uh, quote-unquote fun or because it's easy uh, but simply put it's my favorite time of the year because uh, history would say that this is probably the most fruitful time of the year that we have and it's the most life-changing time that we have all year so now obviously what I'm referring to is our 21 days of corporate prayer and fasting that we do every year as a spiritual family Um, as you you know heard a few minutes ago obviously that starts tomorrow and it goes all the way through Easter morning. Now, uh, just so we're all clear, uh, you know, this isn't something that we force people to do. You know, we're not in to manipulating people, we're not into twisting people's arms, uh, but we sure do hope that every single one of you, if you call this place home, if this is your family, uh, that you'd be willing to make a commitment to join us in some way or another. So, Listen, uh, on that note, uh, because we believe that there's great power when when God's people pray in unity, uh, we'll be handing out a small, for lack of a better word, uh, a prayer guide. Pastor Tommy will come, and he'll talk about it later, but we'll hand that out to you at the end of the service, and uh, simply put, just so we can all be unified, uh, you know, in our efforts of prayer, and so that uh, we can be, you know, intentional in prayer. Also, you know, as we pray for one another, pray for the region, our church, and so on. So, anyways, what I want to do is, is because we're entering into this 20, days of fasting I actually want to take this opportunity it's not flashy it's not fancy I just want to take an opportunity to teach you on really what fasting is okay from a biblical perspective because if you go online you type in you know the word fasting in Google you're going to get a thousand different things and most of them don't have anything to do with Jesus but there is a biblical point of fasting that we as God's people need to know amen so, so right out the gate, let me just say this, I realize that within this room, uh, we probably have a wide range of understanding and experience when it comes to this topic. Some of you may be old pros when it comes to fasting, while some of you guys may be completely new to it. Uh, maybe you're familiar with the term, but you've never done it before. So so listen, wherever you kind of land on that perspective, I'm going to do my best today to kind of hit you wherever you're at and just to simply encourage you. So uh, before we hop in, I think it would be beneficial for me to say this. Uh, if you fall into that second category where fasting is either new or something that you haven't done before, there's three quick things I would just want to tell you. The first one is this, is that it's okay if it's new, right? Uh, because if it's new to you, it's okay because it was new to all of us in this room at some point or another. We all started somewhere, yes? So secondly is is if you... Uh, get nervous about the idea of fasting Uh, you know it doesn't have to be something that's scary it doesn't have to be something you're afraid of because the bottom line is fasting is God's idea so it's good right and lastly I want to just encourage you of this once again if you're new That's important that you would actually lean in to what we're talking about today so you can hear God's heart uh, because I believe biblically this is probably, uh, you know, one of the top ways that God brings increase, he brings growth, he brings more into our lives. Is there anybody in here that says, hey, I wouldn't mind having more Jesus? Yes, amen. Just to kind of throw it out there, if you're sitting here today and you're like, no, I'm content in Jesus, then that means you've kind of reached your ceiling, And I just want you to know that there's a whole lot more in Jesus than where any of us are at today. Amen? All right, so listen, if by chance that you're sitting here today and you're like, okay, I've heard of this idea of fasting before, but I think it's maybe a little bit weird, I just simply want to encourage you to remember that throughout the Bible we see fasting as a regular part of the life of God's people. In other words, if we read the Old Testament, we see, uh, you know, guys like Moses, King David, the prophet Elijah. We see Queen Esther and Nehemiah and Daniel, just to name a few, uh, you know, committing themselves to what we would call private times of fasting. In the New Testament, we see Anna, uh, we see the apostles, we see Paul, we see members of the early church. and, And most importantly, we see Jesus doing the exact same thing. Now, throughout the Bible, we also see, and this is relevant to what we're talking about today, We see Ezra the scribe, we see King Jehoshaphat, we see uh, the prophet Joel, and we see others calling God's people, which included entire cities and even nations, to what we would call corporate times of prayer and fasting. And that's what we are doing, you know, from once again, from tomorrow until Easter. We, as the leadership of this church, under God's direction, are calling the church to a corporate, uh, you know, time of prayer and fasting. So the point that I want to make here, just kind of up top, is that if we could just settle in our hearts that fasting is is absolutely normal for God's people, and and if I could just expand on that thought here for a moment, uh, you know from the Gospel of Matthew, there's three verses I want us to notice that we'll use as a launching pad and we'll run from there. The first one is this. It's Matthew six two. It says, "When you give," somebody say, "When you give." It says, when you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogue and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. Fast forward to verse 5. It says this. It says, when you pray. Somebody say, when you pray. It says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. In our last verse, in verse 16, let's say it like we mean it. It says, and when you fast. Say, when you fast. Yep. Says, "Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they tried to look miserable and disheveled, so people would admire them for their fasting." All right. So I want us to notice something here. Notice that Jesus said, "When we do these things," He never said, "If we do these things." Now I think we can all agree that there's a huge difference between those two words. When. Or if, like let me just make it really plain here, Uh, you know, if by chance that you are uh, in leadership at your job or you're a boss here, whatever, and you manage people's time, you manage their responsibilities, uh, you know, do you say, hey, if you come in today, we would kind of like for you to do this? Or do you say, no, 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 there's an expectation that when you come in today that you would do X, Y, Z, yes? All right, let me make it even clearer for y'all that have parents like, you know, have kids, have parents, have kids like me. Hopefully you have a parent. I'm not quite sure how that would have happened. Anyways, so, so listen, we never tell our kids, hey, hey, if you want to clean your room, hey, if you would like to eat your peas, hey, if you would like to brush your teeth and take a shower today. No, 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 no. It's when you do these things. Are you all seeing the point? There's a really big difference between, once again, when and if. And so bringing it into what we're talking about today, for starters, if Jesus would have said, if you give, if you pray and if you fast, then it would insinuate that you and I actually have a choice or an option to do these things. Like, you know, if you're feeling good today, then go for it, right? But, but he didn't say it that way, did he? No, he didn't. Instead, he said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast, which means that he expects us to be generous people, that he expects us to be people of prayer, and more specifically, he expects us to have a lifestyle of fasting, so listen just as much he expects those things just as much as he expects us to walk in love to be kind to serve one another right to bless our enemies to tie to read our bible to worship and so on he expects us to do these things all right so listen in my opinion when i read these verses uh, i think jesus is not only telling us that all three of these areas should be an active expression of our faith. In other words, because we're disciples of Jesus, these are things that we just do. They're non-negotiables. But I also think he's saying this. and This may be hard for some of us to hear, but I think it's reality, and it's this. That he's also telling us that our decision to give, to pray, and to fast really boils down to our willingness to either obey him or to disobey him. In other words, it's really simple here, that when we give, when we pray, when we fast, it's an act of obedience. But when we don't, it is disobedience. Can I hear an oh yeah? Oh yeah! Alright, so listen, to circle back all the way to the top, to the point we want to make, that, that fasting as a believer shouldn't be seen as some random, some obscure, some weird piece of our faith. And In fact, it shouldn't even be considered as just something that the radicals do. Like, oh, they're the radical Christians. Listen, it, it should all be seen as this. Once again, we'll throw it up that fasting is normal, and it should be commonly practiced by all of God's people, and that includes you, and that includes me. If we're disciples, this is just part of how we live. Amen? All right, so let's shift gears here in my opinion one of the reasons why a lot of people uh, do not fast and pray or even say this one of the reasons why they don't get to enjoy uh, the benefits of obedience in this area is i think to be quite honest they just don't really understand what fasting is and in fact i remember uh, last year i taught something pretty much similar to this during this time so we could kind of all gather together and i remember a really sweet lady in our church uh man she's probably been walking with jesus for about 40 years i mean loves god with all of her heart i remember her coming to me and saying i've never heard anybody teach on fasting that blew me away and and so you know she's like, i really never understood it so i didn't i've never done it and you know to her uh you know whatever you know kudos to her whatever that she said okay i want to learn this and i'm going to dive in and she has and and she's seen the benefits of it but but i think unfortunately we live in a day and age where we like, once again, like I said last week we like easy, we like comfort and we don't like to do the hard things that Jesus has asked us to do and we wonder why we're disappointed in what we have yes, okay All right. so so what I want to do is I want to share a couple of practical thoughts here from the word of God and and what I've done is I've intentionally separated the rest of today's message into three main sections or categories, like I said I'm going to teach more than preach today but 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 here's the three number one is this is we're gonna talk about what is fasting number two is how do we fast and number three is why do we fast that last one's really important so in short what we're going to talk about is the what the how and the why of fasting and prayer if you're with me say "Oh, oh yeah all right so let's look at the first one number one super practical what is fasting So listen, in my mind, when I think about that question, I automatically go to a different place than maybe what you would expect because I think this is one of the times where you go, you know, for me to really understand what fasting is, it might be beneficial for me to understand first what it isn't. And so so that's what I want to do. I actually want to talk about what fasting is not before we talk about what fasting is. So the first thing here is this, is fasting is not a weight loss program. It's not a weight loss program I, I love this because I, I have a I have a younger brother uh, who has battled with his weight for really since since high school and uh anyways it's so funny because how how many times over the years have we taught and he'll ask me the same questions that he typically asks about fasting but it's but it's never about getting close to jesus it's always so he can lose weight so so anyway so so Fasting is not a weight loss program, okay? Can you lose weight? Yes, but once you start eating again, you'll plump right back up. So anyways, so it doesn't really work that way. So it's exercise and diet, period. All right, so fasting is not a way to prove our level of spirituality. Like I've been at this a while, and I've met many people that they just fast and pray because they want to look better than the next guy. It's not what it's about. Fasting is not a badge of suffering. We'll talk about that more in a minute. It's not a hunger strike to get God's attention, right? That if I do this to no bet, he has to respond. That's not what it's about. And it's not even about a way to earn God's favor. And the reason I say that is because you can't earn something that he's already given you. Amen? So, so listen, even though God never intended fasting to be any of those things, in the past years, I've seen all of that. Like, I've watched people mistakenly put more uh, attention on what types of food that they can and they can't eat. I'm talking to pers- specifically when they do, what, then they do what you call the modified fast, where they, where they do, uh, maybe it's, let me say what it is, the Daniel fast. And, and so they, they want to hype up more about what they can and can't do or hype up their you know, creative recipes posted on Instagram, whatever, and, and talk about how much weight they lost. Like They do all of that, like their focus is there more than it is on God himself. And I just want you to know if the focus is there and not on God, it's really a diet. It's not fasting. Amen, preacher. All right, so listen. I've also watched people do their best to resemble a POW. I love these people. So, so, So with their face all sunk in, right, hair's a mess, clothes are all wrinkled and disheveled, and they do their absolute best to show everyone how tired they are, how hungry they are, oh, because why they want you to see how spiritual they are, because once again they're looking for man's attention and not God's. Amen. And I've also watched people try their best to, and this is probably where a lot of people land, try their best to force God into moving on their behalf through their fasting. As if God could somehow be manipulated. Right? So so listen, when when our fasting, and that's just a few, but when our fasting becomes about all those things that aren't really biblical, Uh, we can rest assured that we're not only missing the point, uh, but we're not going to get much out of it either. Like We're just not. And and a good example of this that we actually find in the Bible is kind of like the keystone chapter about fasting. The entire Bible is out of Isaiah 58. I would encourage you to go read it because it's an amazing chapter. But it says this in verse 3 and 4, talking about people who are kind of missing the point. Here's what the Israelites said. They said, we have fasted before you, God. Why aren't you impressed? that cracks me up right it says we have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it sounds like a 13 year old teenager right okay we have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it like you don't notice our efforts now listen how God responds he says I'll tell you why it's because you are fasting to please yourself Even while you fast, and he goes on to say what they're doing wrong. And then he says in verse 4, this kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Okay. You see, there's danger, at least in my opinion, when believers choose to modify fasting to be whatever they want it to be. Right? And the danger is this, is that it gets them nowhere with Jesus. And and maybe I'm crazy, but I just think, man, if you and I are going to go through the difficult pieces like in being hungry, right, the difficult pieces of fasting, uh, then, then why don't we just go ahead and receive the benefits while we're at it? Like, why would you want to miss out on that, right? Okay, so listen, if, the, if it's true that the benefits can only come from Jesus, and that's the case, right, then we need to make sure that we actually do it His way, and that's why uh, basically what God was trying to point out in Isaiah 58. So, but let me kind of add this just for our sake. Really what he was saying in Isaiah 58 was basically if our motives are right and our methods are scriptural, then God will not only be pleased, but he will also take notice. Don't y'all want God to notice when, you, when you're responding to him? I think so, yes. All right, so now that we've talked about what it's not, let's talk about what it is. And the Hebrew language, the word fasting simply means this. Are y'all getting hungry yet, by the way? <laughs> fasting simply means this. It means to close or cover one's mouth. To close or to cover one's mouth in a, in a broader definition. I'm sure there's maybe a better way to say this. But, but, but fasting in the biblical sense is choosing not to partake of food because of our spiritual hunger. In other words, we want Him. Our spiritual hunger is so deep we temporarily give up eating in order to focus our hearts completely on Him. Somebody say Completely. Yeah, so so much of this is about removing distractions, right? And so, you know, just kind of put it plainly. What are we talking about? That, that if I normally eat every day from 8 to 8.30, instead of eating, I choose to cover my mouth and I go spend time with Jesus, either by worshiping him, by reading the Bible, uh, but most importantly, we'll see in a second, by praying during that time. Now, can you imagine, just just dream with me here for a moment. If you said, okay, I'm going to fast on Tuesday and, and I'm going to go 24 hours and you normally spend an hour and a half eating every day. Can you imagine how different your life's going to be if you regularly fast and uh, regularly pray for an hour and a half a day? All right, so this probably goes without saying, but, but listen, fasting, not eating, uh, by itself is meaningless. And, and the reason I wanna say that is because this, is there's been times in my life where I've set my mind, I'm gonna to fast today, but because I've been so busy with work, what happens is, is I skip lunch, but I miss the key component, I don't pray. Well, I didn't fast that day, I, I just skipped lunch because I was so busy. Okay, so, so listen, for a fast to be considered a fast, it always has to be accompanied by that one powerful word called prayer, amen? So if I could put it another way, and just kind of get through the heart of it, is that for you and I, listen, fasting will never be fulfilling if we don't want God. Like if He's not the end goal, then man will never be fulfilled. But if He is the goal, if we do want to get closer to Jesus, if we want to know Him more, if we want to become more like Him, then we'll be satisfied through fasting, because that's what it does. Amen? Come on, stay at the table with me, y'all. Stay there with me, all right? So listen, real quick, once again, practical thing. What, what are two questions we need to ask really quick, just help some folks out? First one is this, is what kinds of fasts or types of fasts are there? Okay, in my mind, this is where things get super convoluted. And the reason is, is because people, once again, because we don't like, we don't like, um, I, I'll just say it, we, we really don't like not eating, <laughs> Right. In fact, I'll just go up and throw up a verse. Can you throw up Philippians three for me? And I'm gonna show you really where where this gets really rough. It says this it says in Philippians three nineteen, their end is destruction. Watch these next few words. Their God is their belly. What, so their God is their appetite, and their glory is their shame. And then it says, with mindset on earthly things. See, in other words, what I want to get the reason that it gets convoluted is because a lot of times if we're just shooting straight, we respond quicker to the hunger pains that we have than we do to the Spirit of God. Right? Like like we have more urgency in eating dinner than we do in spending time with Jesus. Right? And what, y'all don't get mad at me now, come on. It's just truth, Right? I'm saying we because we, right? We're there too, okay? And so I just think, man, it's like if we have to stop, if we, if we literally cannot miss a meal for Jesus, then we love our stomach more than we love him. I know that's a really strong word, but, man, I've met so many Christians that said, you know what? I, they get hangry, right? And, and listen, and they go, man, if my stomach's growling, I got to go eat. And I'm just going to try to tell you, then your stomach's controlling you. Your flesh is ruling you. Amen. All right, we'll move on. So so because of that, so many people, they do fast of convenience. In other words, they get away from the real meaning of fasting, and they try to find something else to do because their God's their belly. Okay? Let me give you an example, and I'm not trying to try to pick on anybody. I'm just trying to shoot straight with you today. It is, listen, I had a friend tell me one time, this was amazing. I was about uh, two years old in the Lord, and, and she came up to me, and she was all pumped, excited, and she, was, uh, she wanted to let me know that she had decided to fast her grape Kool-Aid. I was like, okay. I don't think that's a fast, but okay, right? So, so I loved her innocence, I loved her purity, and all that. But look, let's shoot straight. That's not really a fast. That 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 is basically removing uh, a a a delicacy of pleasure. I don't know if grape Kool Aid is a delicacy, but whatever. In in your life, said, okay, I love that. So that's like I'm gonna I'm gonna not eat Snicker bars because that's my favorite candy bar. I'm gonna fast. That's not a fast, gang, right? Like, let's get biblical, right? We got to, right? We got to stay scriptural. All right, so biblically speaking, what are some fasts? The first one is this, what we see in the Bible. We see a traditional fast. We see it in Zechariah. It's where it's no food, right? And it's only water. That's what Jesus did. That's what Paul did. It's what we see throughout the scripture, right? That's the most common fast that we find in the Bible. And that's what I would encourage you to make time for at some point over the next 21 days. Like we're not saying, hey, uh, you know, tomorrow, you know, don't eat until Easter. That's not what we're saying. If Jesus leads you to do that, grace be with you. Go for it. But, But what I would encourage you to do is be willing to sacrifice, be willing to put some death to this old nasty flesh, and be willing to actually do a biblical fast, right, in this sense at some point over the next 21 days. Like, I know in my head, this is what I'm doing the first week, this is what I'm doing the second week, this is what I'm doing the third week, right? you all with me? All right, the next one is this, is a partial fast. And this is one that there's uh, quite a bit of debate on, but it's where where a lot of people just say, you know what, we're going to eat fruits and vegetables, or it's called a Daniel fast. And, and what I would say to that is if you're in this room and, and you, uh, you know, have to take medicine and you got to eat to take that medicine, I realize there's a lot of people in that spot. Or maybe if you're pregnant, you know, in, in other words, you're in, the, you're in a spot health-wise, like, you, you can't just not go without food, right? Like, that's how you damage a baby. That's how we had never advised anybody to stop taking their medicine and all that stuff, right? Uh, but but that's, a, that's a good answer to do something. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. <laughs> The oh, yeah, it's getting quieter. Okay, here we go. All right, so, so the next one is, is the absolute fast, and that's, once again, that's really supernatural. No food, no water. You sit there in Esther, and they did it for three days because that's really all your body can handle of that. All right. So, in addition to those, what I have found is a lot of times people uh, will choose to step away from media during this time as well. And what I mean by that is they'll turn off their TV, they'll turn off the social media, uh, video games, whatever. Okay. And the goal is to pull away from things that would distract them from being with Jesus. Now, please hear what I'm about to say on this. Okay. Uh, with, with that last one of mind, I, I want to point this out. I'm talking about media. Is while I think it is extremely beneficial, especially the day and age we live in and, you know, all the things we do, it's beneficial to actually turn off all that media stuff for a good period of time. But, But I want to be clear with something. Abstaining from media stuff alone isn't really a fast. Okay, And the reason I say that, I don't trying to hurt anybody's feelings, it's because it doesn't go with the biblical definition of the word. If we're going to be Bible people, we've got to be Bible people. And once again, fasting means to cover your mouth. I've never ate my cell phone. <laughs> Just sin if you're awake, right? So anyways, so, so obviously it has to do with food, okay? But but I will say this, that that if you are saying, you know what, I want to uh, turn it off because what we've done years past, we have shut down all that for 21 days, and, and it's amazing that. What, it's amazing in this sense. A, the peace that comes in your home. Okay. Secondly, what's amazing is, is really as is you find out how much time you really spend doing all of that. Where we say all the time, I don't have time to pray. You really, when you shut all that stuff off, you find out how much time you got to be really with Jesus. Can I get a good hearty amen on that? Amen. So, so listen, I would highly suggest, you know, just encourage to, to consider doing a combination of those things. Okay, and so, like, for example, I I typically do the traditional fast where I don't eat, right? I do water only, and then I shut off all that other mess just so I can be with Jesus. Amen? Because really what we're talking about here, and we'll move, is this, is that it really isn't so much about the absence of food. Obviously, that's part of it, but it's really about you and I making the choice to separate ourselves and to consecrate ourselves before the Lord so that his purposes can be fulfilled in a greater measure in our lives during this time. Amen, Amen. Yeah. All right, so throw out another question for you. How long should you fast? Uh, I'll just say this, okay, uh, in the Bible, we we see anything from a meal all the way to forty days so 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 that's. That's biblical. We see all of that there, okay? Also, we're doing a 21-day deal. Uh, If you choose to do an intermittent fast six to six, if you choose to go all day, three days, if you choose to go a week, if you choose to do a whole 21 days, it's up to you. Uh, Talk to Jesus and just get some direction, amen? All right, so so let's turn our attention to how we fast. On surface level, that seems really easy. How do you do it? Well, you don't eat, spend time with Jesus. Okay, that, that's easy. That's a practical answer, not really what I want to get into at the moment. What I want to get into is the attitude and the condition of our hearts while we fast. Because how many guys know you can have a bad attitude while you fast, and you can have a godly attitude while you fast? Gonna hear an oh yeah? So listen, on one hand, I think when you consider all this, it's really important for us to understand that fasting is a voluntary act. Once again, God gave you free will. He's not going to make you do it, right? Um, Therefore, it's because it's voluntary. We don't do it from a performance mentality. We don't do it from a legalistic attitude. Uh, We've seen enough of that in the church. And we don't do it out of obligation where we whine and complain the whole time. We, we, We actually do this in the same way we pray, same way we give. Man, God wants us to do this with a willing and a cheerful attitude, simply put, because we love Him. Yes? So on the other hand, I think it's important for us to remember... And this is key, that fasting is a spiritual endeavor. Please, if you haven't heard anything, hear what I'm about to say. It's a spiritual endeavor that has spiritual purposes and spiritual benefits. And because it's a spiritual thing, we need to remember what Paul said in Galatians 5. He said this. He said, for the flesh, the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. Boy, we know that's true, don't we? For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh are in conflict with each other now in light of everything that we're talking about what does that mean it means this while your spirit man may hunger for more of god your flesh really still wants that cheeseburger and that french fry yes bacon cheeseburger cheddar cheese dripping with barbecue sauce right yes your flesh wants that even now i say so Listen, because of this reality, we need to understand that in our flesh, there will never be a convenient time to fast because your flesh is not interested, okay? So, so let me just say this. If you, if you decide over the next 21 days, hey, this is what I am going to do, you can bank on it. You pick your day. Somebody's going to call you and invite you out for lunch at that day. Right? Like, listen, there will always be a birthday party attend. There will always be a game night. There will always be some event that wants to give you an excuse, uh, basically, to cancel your commitment to fast. Like, bank on it, okay? And, and I think at the same time, like, like you should expect that. And then another thing that I want you to know is this. If we take a casual approach to this that kind of says, well, you know, I'll give it a try. We'll see how it goes. I've done that. Maybe you have, too. Ah, we'll... we'll Tuesday seems good. We'll give it a go, right? Well, well, Tuesday rolls around in about, I don't know, about 11.43. <laughs> like my belly button starts fellowshipping with my backbone, right? Like I'm getting hungry, right? And, and, and if I'm just like, you know, whatever, kind of going casual at it, I'm like, well, you know, i do not supposed to be hungry, so maybe I'll go get me a cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger, with cheddar cheese and barbecue. Yes, and so we'll go eat. Or what happens is is this, is let's say you're like, man, I'm going to fast for a week. Let's go to the deep end. I'm going to fast for a week. And and you hit about day three, and you stand up too quick, and your head starts spinning. Been there, right? And and you're tired, and you feel weak. And you go, I'm not supposed to feel like this. I need to go get a cheeseburger with bacon and with Right? And you eat. And my point is this, is it's amazing when you decide to fast, like how many reasons our flesh will, you know, try to convince us otherwise. To quit it, to break it, to get out of it. And So I just think this, here's the point I want to make to you, is that uh, not if, but when we decide in our hearts to obey the Lord in prayer and fasting, uh, then we need to understand that being hungry, that being tired and being weak, man, it's just part of the game. It's part of it you got to embrace it right there's a piece that i think god's people lacks a lot of times and this sounds really rough y'all smile at me but we lack mental toughness we're weak right and so and so i just think this so instead of giving into the difficulties of our flesh why not have these things that jesus wants us to have like determination and perseverance right to press through those things to, to literally go, you know what? I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm willing to uh, do this. I'm willing to look to the reward of this because it far outweighs the temporary afflictions to the flesh. Are y'all awake? Don't run from me now. Come on. All right. So let me, let me throw this out because we, we do believe in grace. What, what happens if you say, you know what? I'm fasting Tuesday and you eat that? Cheeseburger with that bacon and that barbecue sauce. What happens? Do you do you throw it up? And, not throw it up. That sounded really amazing. <laughs> do you throw it out, the idea of fasting, and, and say, you know what? I, I'm never, go gag yourself, I guess, whatever, right? So anyways, but, um, you know, do you say, you know what? I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I, I'm never going to try this again. No, no, no. All you do is listen. You just recommit your heart to God, and, and you ask him for grace because it does not matter if, you know, how long it is, if it's breakfast or if it's seven days or if it's 21 days, you really need the grace of God to do it. You ask him for grace and you give it another go, right? And you, and you have a determination in your heart to not let your flesh have victory. Like, let, I, I can't stress that enough, guys. If we want to stay where we're at with Jesus, then by all means, stay where you're at. But if you want to know him more, I'm trying to tell you how you get there. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's look at the why. Let me give you five reasons of why we fast. If you're taking notes, please jot these down. The first one is this, and it's a really important one. It's to follow Jesus' example. 1 Peter 2.21 says this, To this you were called. Got that? That's all of us. doesn't matter if if you're 10 years old in this room or if you're 110 years old. Listen, to this you were called, right? Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. Somebody say Example. That you should follow in his steps. So, listen, in all things that pertain to this life, we are called to follow Jesus' example. Amen? So, and listen, that even includes the area of fasting as much as we try to ignore it. And I just want to kind of remind us today that if you remember that after Jesus was baptized in Matthew 3, okay, the Bible actually says, and you read Luke 4 as well that the first thing that the Holy Spirit did was to lead him into the wilderness, and he initiated a 40-day time of fasting and prayer. And I'm not saying that we all have to run out of this place to do 40 days of fasting and prayer, okay? But, but what I am saying is this, is that it's extremely clear that, if, that if, if you want more of God, if you want to be used in the ministry, then that's the route that he took, Okay? So, so, and the Bible makes it really clear in Luke 4, because some of us in here, we have decided in our hearts that we don't want just casual Christianity. We're not just satisfied with knowing we're going to go to heaven one day, but we want the real deal. What we read in the book, we want. Amen? Like, that's Jesus, yes. Like, I want to see everything that's in that Bible. Thank God I've seen a lot of it, but there's more to be seen. Okay? And, and I just think this, we need to remember that, that from that point on, after Jesus fasted and prayed, uh, that he actually, the Bible says in Luke 4, that he began to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit, performing signs and wonders. Now, in reference to those miracles, Jesus said this, those same miracles. He said in John 14, 12, he said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. I will preach myself happy today, Okay. It says, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So the only reason I bring that up is because this, is because if you and I actually want to do the works of Jesus, if we actually want to see people get healed, right? If we want to see demons cast out and people be delivered, if we want to see what the Bible says, then guess what? we got to be willing to emulate his disciplines as well. It's one thing to want it. It's another thing to actually go the course. Like I, Like I mentioned this earlier today, I remember one time, um, you, you know, there, there's a, there's a uh, man of God that I have admired for 20-something years. It's pretty awesome. I, I asked the Lord, actually, I, when I was uh, 19 years old was the first time someone handed me his book. It was called The Beta Satan. They said, hey, I think you may need to read this. 19 years old. And, uh, and so I began to read that, began to get other stuff, Begin to read it. And I began to pray and I began to ask the guy. Ask the guy I began to ask God to meet the guy. God, God I want to meet him. And, and then I went and worked for one of his best friends. Like, Jesus arranged it. I got to meet kind of my hero in the faith. And, and then I got to see him actually minister in action. His name's John Bevere. In my opinion, one of the best ministers in America. Okay, the guy's amazing. And I remember being uh, about, I think I was 21 years old. I, I told the Lord, I said, God, I, God, will you give me the same anointing that you gave John Bevere? That was a big ask. And I heard the Lord say this, Are you willing to... Pay the price that John paid. Right? Listen, there's a lot of things that people want in Jesus. And it's easy to have fantasies about that and daydream about that. But it's another thing to actually pay the price to go do it. See, a lot of times we, under, we are like, what's the disconnect between the things that have been prophesied, things that have been spoken, things we've been dreamed of, things that God's spoken to us. Like, why are we not doing those things? There's a price to be paid. That price is the bridge. Come on, don't shout me down because I'm giving you truth. Amen? Amen. I hope you have big dreams in Jesus. Second reason of why we need to fast this is because it's an act of obedience. We mentioned some stuff earlier, but let's look at Luke 5. Y'all hang in there with me. Verse 34, Jesus talking. He said, can you make... The friends of the bridegrooms fast while he is with them. This comes from basically the Pharisees asking Jesus why his disciples weren't fasting. Obviously, we know Jesus is the bridegroom. And then he goes on to say this. He says, but the time will come when the bridegroom, when I, Jesus, will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. If we realize they're not, gang, we are in those days. Jesus died on the cross, thank God he rose from the dead, right, three days later, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father praying for us. But we're in those days, and so I think there's no way to read what Jesus just said here and conclude that we are not required to fast. All right? Remember, he told us when, not if. And so, uh, you know, I just think this, when we ask ourselves why we should fast and pray, the answer is pretty straightforward, forward, because Jesus told us to. That's enough, enough for me amen c is to humble ourselves we fast because we want to humble ourselves right ezra says this in, in ezra 8 he says i proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our god that was a corporate fast now let's look at a private fast psalm 35 david talking he says i humbled my soul with fasting all right so on that note let's be honest gang Uh, As humans, do we not have the propensity to be self-dependent or we can say independent? Like, Do we not have that? Do we not have the dependency to look to ourselves before we look to God? (laughs) I'll answer for you because I watch you. Yes, 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 yes. We all do, right? And so some of the ways that we can curtail that pride, because that's what it is, is by fasting. That's what these guys are telling us. And so if I could just kind of... Help us all understand that fasting is an act of humility. And the reason is, is because it takes our eyes off of ourselves, off of our wisdom, our understanding, our abilities and talents and possibilities and so on. And it puts our eyes on Jesus where they need to be. And so listen to these two quotes here, please. Just kind of put a book in on this point. Dallas Willard said this. He says, fasting confirms our utter dependence upon God by finding in Him a source of sustenance beyond food. What Dallas is saying is he's the source. He is our heavenly father. The word father in the Hebrew language means source. He's our source for everything. We are not, right? Jensen Franklin said this, good old southern boy from Wilson, North Carolina. He said this, God is attracted to weakness. He cannot resist when we humbly and honestly admit how desperate we need him. He cannot resist when we humbly and honestly admit how desperate we need Him. When we are empty vessels, He longs to fill us with His grace, with His love and goodness. This is God's law of attraction. What is He getting at? He's trying to say this, that when you and I fast with a heart of humility, we can rest assured that, God, that, that it will attract God's presence and it will attract God's blessing in our lives. If you can, remember what the Bible says. It says this in James. It says that God opposes who? The proud, but it gives grace to who? The humble. To understand that, listen, that God loves us so much that he doesn't want to be our enemy on any topic, in any subject. But when we get prideful, we set ourselves apart from God, and we're like, God, I got this, and and we think we're the stuff, right? We make ourselves enemies of God in those moments. but, But when we actually humble ourselves, what it does is it actually opens up the door of grace over our lives. How many of you guys know we need grace? Yes. The fourth reason is this, is because through fasting, it purifies our hearts. We'll make this quick. When we humble ourselves through fasting, what it does is it, is it allows us to put our guard down. And when we put our guard down, it invites God to come in and begin to do these things. We'll throw up on the screen to go into the deeper recesses of our heart. Listen, guys, that shouldn't scare us. It shouldn't scare us. We shouldn't invite that, right? It allows God to come and reveal our blind spots, to uncover the things we've been in denial about, to highlight what we've been trying to cover up or explain away. Y'all know we have the tendency to try to make excuses for our stuff, right? Well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. Well, Jesus isn't interested in that. He's interested in you, right? So he'll put his finger on the things we try to ignore or blow off. It's not a big deal. Ah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it is to him. To point out where we've been defensive and insecure. To show us our motives and our attitude. Or even reveal our fears and what we're afraid of. Like he'll come and he'll show us those things. But once again, it's for our benefit. God's always moving for our benefit. Because he loves us, right? So so why should that, when we look at that list, why should that interest us? I'm going to give you a verse and show you why that should interest every one of you in this room. Look at this out of Timothy. It says this. It says, if you keep yourself pure... You will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Why do I want to be clean? Why do I want to pure, be pure? Because, man, I want to see God, as he said in the, in the Sermon of the Mount, "Blessed those pure in heart, for they shall see God, and because I want to be used by God. So if we can understand as God's people, that guess what? That we are the ones that actually determine how much God uses us. But how how uh, willing we are to have pure hearts before Him, Amen. The last one is this: is so that we could receive the benefits. Thank God, there's benefits in this. So, in fact, I'll just say this: it's human nature to really not do anything unless it benefits us. Y'all know that's true. So, but but on a on a grand scheme of things, let me say this to you. Um, there is no doubt that when we fast and when we pray that there's more activity of the Holy Spirit than at any other time. No doubt. I, I think that's a fact. Listen, the Bible backs it up. History backs it up. And many of us in this room that have said, you know what, we have a lifestyle of, of fasting and praying, we can say, yes, that's true. And I'm telling you, yes, that is true. Okay? When God's people fast and pray, it just seems like the Holy Spirit does more. And, and I got to be honest with you. I don't know Why? I can't really explain all the details. I just know for me that here's like my normal level of hearing Jesus. And then when I start fasting and praying, it goes like this. Okay, and I know that when I start praying for people, I'm normally here in the anointing. And it just goes here. Like when it comes to having clarity of, and wisdom and all these things like discernment. Literally every part of my walk with Jesus just goes to another level. My heart gets to be a whole lot more sensitive to him when I fast and pray than any other time. It's just true, okay? So, so let me say this to you guys. Um, while it's true that there are many examples that God, uh, you know, moves in powerful ways when we fast, I, I still think that you and I, it's important that our motive, once again, for fasting isn't to make God move, okay? And so in my opinion, some of you guys have been here a while, you've heard me say this before, but we don't fast to move God, rather we fast to move ourselves, closer to God okay and and so listen as we move closer to God that's really where the benefits are unfolding right like that's when we get to go in into the Holy of Holies and there's a treasure chest if you will there and, and cool things begin to happen and I'll show you what happens we'll throw a few of them up here on the screen but but it's true it strengthens our intimacy with him Right? It creates clarity in hearing his voice. It removes the clutter. So if you're in this room and you're like, man, where am I going in life? What do I need to do? Here's a great option to fast and pray so you can hear from Jesus. It increases our effectiveness in prayer. Why? Because our hearts get pure. right? And because our hearts get pure, we get our lives lined up more with the word of God. There comes a greater authority when we actually pray. right? And so it builds our faith, once again, because, because one of the cool things about fasting is it kills doubt and unbelief. Okay, so the next thing is it allows us to see from God's perspective. It gives us God's direction. And, and let, me, let me pause there for a second. Something I know about people is this, is it's really easy for us to get sideways with other people. Conflict happens all the time, all the time. It's a large portion of my job. <laughs> right? It's helping people through conflict, okay? so I can bear witness to this. And, and, you know, listen, there's a, there's a ministry... Uh, that was in Korea, their, their leader recently died. Uh, but, but at one time, it was the largest church in the world, okay? And, and it was with uh, Dr. Yogi Cho uh, in, in Korea, South Korea. And uh, basically what would happen is in, at that ministry, is well over a million people, if somebody came, let, let's say these two guys came for marriage counseling, their response would be like, go to Prayer Mountain, there's a room, they have a building up there, go pray. Go work it out. <laughs> and so listen i just think the reason they would do that is not to put them in a room said so fight some more it's because when you start praying especially when you start fasting and praying god begins to download into your heart the way he sees the other person and it helps grace and mercy come and restoration come hang in there with me here we go so it restores relationships lasting it changes our hearts but but i think that the key part we're almost done is matthew 5 6 is uh, probably the the biggest verse I could give you as far as the attitude and the posture that you and I should have as we go through this, and it's this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, not for a cheeseburger, but for righteousness. says, for they will be filled. So when you go and you begin to fast and pray, what happens is, yes, you purify your heart. Yes, you purify your mind. But you position yourselves to be filled with God's wisdom, to be filled with His knowledge, to be filled with His understanding, His discernment, His strength, His loving kindness, His anointing, His favor. And because all those things happen, because you're filled also with His plans and His purposes, that's why God moves. That's why it changes the earth when God's people fast and pray. Amen. So here's what I want to ask you today, just in closing, is what I'm trying to do is I want to go. Okay, today, last question is basically what will be your response, and and the reason I want to put it to you like that is because, is because at the end of the day I'm hoping you're not looking at this is, uh, you know, PQ beating us up, PQ makes us feel bad. That's not the goal today. The goal today is to simply do this. How can we gather God's people and run in His direction? okay, because here's what I know about us, okay, is like, to bring in a practical sense, I, I don't, you know, it doesn't happen the same way that it did as when I grew up, because I live so far from home now, but but when I was growing up, grandparents still alive, uh, you know, what would happen is, is every Thanksgiving day, uh, man, the whole family gathered, right, and, and, and you know, it was never, it. it was never like, oh, there's that, person way out there that person oh they're not coming no 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 our family was tight we gathered christmas morning we gathered and we ate dinner or you know we did all that together we just we just hung together and so it was just kind of an understanding man that's what we're doing and that's what i'm trying to tell you today today is not obviously unfortunately it's not thanksgiving dinner it's kind of the opposite Um, but but man we want to we want to actually gather as a church family and say you know we're going to run in this direction together and so, on one side, I want to ask you today is, man, is what do you feel like you're led to do? But, so, but on the other side, I, I know that if we, feel, uh, if we wait to feel led a lot of times, we won't ever feel like doing it. Right? Because I'm going to shoot straight with you. Most of the time I go pray, I don't feel like praying. Most of time I read my Bible, I really don't feel like reading my Bible. It would be a whole lot easier to go read something about the Great Crimson Tide okay because the great crimson tide doesn't challenge my soul okay so but but so we don't we don't live based off of feeling we live off of faith and we live off things just because we choose to do it because we know it's the right thing to do and so so i'm going to ask you today really like what will you choose to do okay can i give you a few practical things here i'm going to ask you as your pastor to do this to like when you make a decision in your heart like my wife my my family will know what i'm doing okay obviously they're going to know when dad's not at the dinner table but, so, so, but I'm not going to run and tell Garrett, hey, Garrett, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting for these amount of days. Like, so, so leave that alone. And the reason I want to leave that piece alone, that we're not running telling everybody what we're doing, unless it's like this, hey, Garrett, I'm, I'm trying to fast these days. Will you hold me accountable? Are you interested in fasting those days with me? Different story. But, but what I don't want to get into is comparing because I've been there in, in a really large church where, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you doing? Who's more spiritual? Who's more sp- That's stupid. Like we're not going to do that. okay? It's about unity. Amen? So, so, so I, once again, I think there's a spot before the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do? But at the same time, God, what am I going to do? Here's my commitment to you. Amen? And it can be a combination of those things. I'm going to pray. Pastor Tommy's going to come, and he's going to give us a little bit of directions about these uh, important pieces of paper that we want to hand out to you today. Father, we come before you, God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just tell you that we love you. God, we love you. God, we love you. God, we're a people that's grateful that, that Jesus died for us and he made a way for us to be forgiven. And so, Lord, we stand today. God, as a unified people that have the same father, has the same purpose for this planet. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. And Lord, part of that plan is for us to walk into deeper levels of intimacy with you. And so Father, we're simply asking God that as we make the decision over the next 21 days to have some form of separation and consecration unto you, God, that you would begin to speak to us you would tell us what you want us to do. God, that you would show us our part. God once again as we unify with our brothers and sisters in the faith. And so Lord thank you for speaking to us but God at the same time Lord let us have some resolve in our own heart. God we say God we're going to do this. We're going to do that. God we're, we're willing to do these things so we can draw closer to you so we can know you more. And so Father I just trust today God that your Holy Spirit is gathering and that your Holy Spirit's moving us forward in the same direction. Father we thank you for these things in Jesus name. Amen.